Welcome to episode 74 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Kristen. I am here with Kate and Chris, and it's the middle of the day. So it's noon here when we're recording. So I'm sure this is going to be a really weird episode. I have hold on a Saturday. On a Saturday. I've hold myself in my bedroom because everyone is home. So (laughs) there's activity. Great. Um, speaking of it being in the middle of the afternoon, what are you guys drinking? Um, I am drinking, uh, two things. One, blackberry black tea from Stash Teas, which is local to you, Kristen. Yeah, I love Stash. They're Portland, they're Portland boys. Mm-hmm. They are. They are great. We, well, so we usually have Capital Teas, but Capital Teas got bought and now <laughs> oh. they're more expensive. So. Yeah. So, oh, well. you know, fuck capitalism. Yeah, checks out. Thank you, capitalism. More no. like capitalism tease, am I right? Oh, good one, Dad. Um, not not a good <laughs> one. Thanks, Kristen. Ter- terrible one. Um, Awful. Awful. What? Uh, what? You so? What else are you drinking besides the the capitalism tea? Oh, I am also, uh, out of you know out of tradition. Even though it's three o'clock in the afternoon, I am in fact drinking some bourbon. I am drinking. I don't think I've ever had this on this pod in the past, but I'm having. One Eight Distilling, which is a local uh, distillery in D.C. Uh, I'm having their Untitled Whiskey Number 13, which they do like, Ooh. in addition to their like brand name whiskeys, they do like experimental ones. And so this one is delicious. It is a uh, 10-year-old high rye bourbon in, in a combina- that was rested in a combination of cognac, Spanish brandy, and different sherry barrels. Shit. And the results... Per the uh, tasting notes that it came with, the nose on this whiskey is bright and fresh, reminiscent of expressed grapefruit peel and maple sap. The palate starts with candied orange peel before richer, fruitier notes of blackberry jam and maraschino cherries appear. The finish stays on the tongue long after swallowing with hints of chestnut honey and tiramisu. Ooh. So there's like a lot. There's a, there's a lot happening in this whiskey, but it's usually I can taste like, like usually all that's bullshit and like the normal person <laughs> can only taste like one flavor. Unless it's like super, super high quality, but this is actually really good and you can get most of those flavors. I was, I was about to say, see, I don't have a refined palate, so shit just still tastes like butts to me. That's okay. But You're, it's fine. Yeah. I don't have a refined enough palate to pick it out, but like if I'm told what to look for, I can find it. You also can't smell anything. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird that I can taste things better. Cause... That's, oh. that's my issue too, Chris, is I don't have a good nose. So, and that's like, like my sister has like an insane palate and it's just because she has like really, really good nose mm-hmm. and I want that, but it's probably, I don't know. We do you have a deviated septum. I'm sure we both do. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> with our, with our CPAP life. It's my favorite thing <laughs> ever. <sighs> what are you drinking, mom? That sounds delicious, Chris. Uh, I would like to have some of that. Also, I, I like how we both have numbered alcohol on the show. <laughs> I love it. Wonderful. Um, I'm also having some tea because I um, it is three in the afternoon. So, I, of course, I haven't woken up yet. So now I'm just cranky. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, caffeinate. 
Um, the other thing I'm having is very fancy. It's um, La Finca Malbec from Trader Joe's, which I'm drinking straight out of the <laughs> bottle. Just drinking wine, I, even though you. Oh, I love you so much, Kate. I'm pretty sure I sent a, ve- a video to you last oh, night of me just like drinking wine out of the bottle. You did. Is it the same wine? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I've, I've, I'm, yeah, it looked no, good. I've been, you, I've been working on it. You were super coherent. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's so nice. There was no slurring <laughs> whatsoever. I was like, man, Kate seems like sober for to be drinking wine out of the bottle, but. Yeah, I was actually quite sober last night for drinking wine out of the it bottle. It seemed like it. I've been eating pasta for dinner this week. I think it, it's just been. Nice. Helping me out with the, with the not being drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes good... on this podcast though. I don't you know. You get a good base. Yes, precisely. We'll see um, how it goes today though. Um. I yeah. I too have a strange array of things because it's like almost twelve thirty here, so <laughs> I'm drinking cold brew coffee, which I've been making, and it's delicious because it has less acid in it, so it does less to destroy my stomach. Um, but my useless parents sent me um, some <laughs> coffee from Costa Rica, so that's what we've been using to uh, brew our cold brew until it's gone, and it's very good um oh good yeah i mean that was nice they did not get me holding for some reason even though i you know i just need to not be picky i just need to, it doesn't matter but <laughs> it's all about lowering your expectations Kristen. i know <sighs> but it's called coffee 1820 puro cafe i don't know spanish but it's 500 grams in this bag and cafe1820.com which is i think when either when this particular brand started in costa rica or when costa rica as a country started putting coffee out it was unclear from the english translation on the bag or both or both sure um i i realize that this is a real thing but you're saying it and i'm just thinking of entertainment 720 i know and and yeah that's that's what's in my head right now so coffee coffee 1820 i know um but there your your coffee is shouting at me in aziz ansari's voice yeah that checks out um and then i also have some uh parks and rec oh yes i also i have controversial opinions about parks and rec sorry go on you you're allowed to have whatever opinions you want kate as you know um i'm also having sparkling water and i got a rainier out just i didn't haven't opened it yet i guess i'm gonna open it now um and i believe i'm using some kind of koozie from a wedding i didn't go to i assume this is from miranda (laughs) someone named colleen and connor apparently got married in december of 2017 so uh congrats to them um i'm sure they're big fans (laughs) and uh i'm drinking rainier beer um good as ever it's the middle of the fucking day i need to not be Mm. drinking but it's noon so here we are, and we're doing a podcast. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, speaking of podcasting, um, we read chapters 7 through 13 of Thrawn Alliances, which is the Correct. second book in the Thrawn series of books. Correct. Yes. Great. That's what we do. Everything you just said is true, Kristen. That's what- First, wait up, by the way. Put that on the outline like we usually do, except you didn't do that. 
Oh, I mean, it's... I know it's in the title, but we always put it here with the author and everything. And this is... yeah. Oh, do we? Sorry. Yeah, you fucked it up. Oh, well. Making me uncomfortable. I, I mean, I think... there are three people who had access to this outline. I... Um, was sleeping. I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to put the outlines together. Um. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think well, I think true. that's like an arbitrary me thing that I was like, can you please put the the chapters and, and the episodes in the actual body because I keep forgetting to look at the title. So just I need training wheels on, on all things to make sure I don't fuck up. And then I still fuck up anyway. So it's fine. Oh, please. <sighs> Podcasting is hard. Reading is hard for me. <laughs> But also delightful. Mm, mm-hmm. I know I love it. Um, okay, so like this was very plot heavy. There was a lot of shit going on. Um, I didn't totally follow it, as I told Kate and Chris before. I, as I warned Kate and Chris before this podcast, so they were gonna yes. have to help me with some plot stuff. Um, yes. And that I think it's because I spaced out when I was listening to the audiobook. So like I listened to the audiobook for like the first half of this and then read the second half and I seemed to get it a lot better, which is no fault of the audiobook. I'm pretty sure it was me. But um, yeah, this is also why I can't listen to audiobooks because I have like not a great attention span when it comes to listening, as Chris knows. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just like sitting here literally sipping my tea. Wow. It's fine. Just fuck you, man. Um could you please do not stop. white man white sip people into sl- the oh white people slurping Sipping my tea you are white people slurping into the microphone guys the funniest thing over thanksgiving was that um so chris's parents uh came to spend thanksgiving with us and so we cooked dinner and it was great and stuff like it was it was genuinely a good time but after dinner we're like oh does anybody want tea or coffee so we made them some tea and it was i was surrounded by sea doors fucking white people slurping their tea and it was like a nightmare it was a symphony of white people slurping it was actually horrible but yeah anyway i've got i've got a horrible auditory attention span maybe it's because i'm surrounded by white people slurping and i've just decided to filter out literally any sound you make chris okay i mean that's fair would track um <laughs> oh and yeah i don't know i always try to i tr- always try to go back to audiobooks and give them another shot because like i listen to podcasts constantly and i'm good at podcasts right. i think but uh, i don't know I think like so maybe I, I miss more in podcasts than I think I do. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what I was gonna say. I because I'm I also can't do audiobooks, and I have been bad about listening to them lately. But generally, listen to more podcasts. Are you <laughs> are you okay? I can I help you? Hang on, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. There it is. So we we have the dulcet tones of me slurping into the mic, and then also uh, Kate struggling with the. Uh, like cork on the wine. I definitely just spilled beer into my coffee cup, so we also have that. Great, so we're all doing great. We're all doing we're all, a situation normal. Fine here. Situation. How are you? Situation normal. Boring conversation. Anyway. Um. Um. Anyway, what I was saying though is sorry. because I'm very much the same way. Where I I don't love listening to audiobooks. I can't like basically. I need to be in a car if I'm going to be listening to an audiobook. Um, because. I think I think that is it. I think like with podcasts, you can, since it's a live medium and people repeat themselves just like naturally, like you can miss more of it without missing anything. Right. Like you can just not listen to 15 minute whole chunks of this particular podcast and not miss anything of substance. I mean, you could not listen to this podcast at all and not miss anything of substance, but <laughs> that's a different story. Don't tell people that up front. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but with books, like you said, like I I'm pro audiobook in general. I think it's a great like I'm pro making books more accessible, but it's also undeniable that books are written medium media first. And so like they are meant to be mm. read. And so like there will be small details that you are supposed to pick up because you are reading every word. Yeah. And so that doesn't always translate well. Or also, not necessarily like... meant to be read. I don't like that's I feel like that's ableisty. Yeah. They are um, they are they are, desi- they, are they are generally mm-hmm. constructed with reading in mind as yes. the primary Thank you. intake. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, no 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 that was, a, that was No that's fine. And also I didn't I'm like I'm like looking back and like like listening back and like that sounded like like I was being kind of snarky about it. I was not. I am I am pro audiobook. Yeah, no. I I also feel like if you're if you're consuming enough audiobooks, like your brain, you know, fixes itself so that it can be able to listen, but I mean, well, if you are not naturally like attuned to audiobooks, it can be hard to start and then you get frustrated and so you just don't totally do the thing totally and and i know audiobooks work really well for some people like they're like oh i tried to get through that and i couldn't do it until i listened to the audiobook and i'm like yeah i mean i think it's just different things work for different people and i think all three of us are very like booky wordy people (laughs) yeah yeah, i'm i'm absolutely very i'm a very visual person yeah same Okay, now that we've spent 15 minutes talking about things that are not directly related to the book that we're discussing. Um, <laughs> see that? I mean, the usual. I know. At least that last part was like a little bit nuanced and not about poop, unlike last episode. Um, it's poop. I hate you. <laughs> I hate both of you. Um <laughs> Should we talk, should, I don't know. Does anybody want to give like a short overview of all the shit that happened so that people who are listening who maybe didn't follow it and me can have a better idea of what happened? I'm putting you on the spot, but. Yeah, sure. I I mean, you're not really putting me on the spot. He's read this book twice. Okay, This is my second time reading the book and it, it is still, it's, it's still tricky. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if we should actually talk about writing style a little bit now because. Okay, I think we that's can do that. What makes it hard to follow? Yeah, let's let's for some people. Anyway. Let's talk about that now, and let's push this to next episode. Yeah, because there's going to be more of it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, so yeah, let's talk about writing style because I, I this is the second time I've read this book, and I really like this book. But even second time through, I am going through very carefully because I think one thing that is very evident with the way that Zahn writes this book is that it is not always clear if you're missing something because it hasn't happened yet or if you're missing something because you missed it, you know? Like, I feel like there's a lot of details where it's like, I don't know what's going on. And like, is that because nobody knows what's going on? Or is that because like it was mentioned before and I didn't follow it? Right. So do you want to just give a quick plot overview of what's going on in both timelines like a quick like two sentences for each thank you that what that yeah. was a very succinct and helpful way to describe exactly how i felt reading this section <laughs> yes um let's do the past timeline first yeah thrawn and anakin discovered that there is a separatist factory on mokiv uh they followed padme there because duja had originally discovered it that's what she died figure finding out rest in peace uh Padme crash landed there. Uh, 
with the help of some locals, snuck her, snuck her way into the factory. Anakin and Thrawn uh, landed at the factory due to some absolutely fantastic Anakin bullshit, uh, found themselves imprisoned in the basement. Just That's the most I mean. Anakin fucking bullshit. I, yeah, so that, so, so the Anakin bit happening chapter 10, and I just, like, I texted Keeks, and I was just like, have you read this yet? Because you're going to die. I, it was fucking funny. Um, also, I'm just gonna say, Padme got to where Padme was through some absolute Padme bullshit as well. Fucking. Oh, abs- oh we're, it, we're uh, definitely gonna talk about that. For sure, no question. If we're so talking good. about characters doing their uh, TM trademark signature bullshit, Padme was also just like, I'm just gonna like bob in this river for a while and like hope no one notices me. Is that cool? Great. <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah. So good. Um, so that's the past timeline. Present timeline, and this is, this. the present timeline is much more convoluted right now because that's where like the mystery is like the past timeline it's just that shit hasn't happened yet but like the present timeline things are actively being figured out and they know that there's a mystery to solve so that's the issue um and so we discovered i think it was this week that the disturbance in the force is due to some sort of force sensitive beings that are being held hostage by a race called the grisks yep um they were on Batu uh, as some sort of like just shipping waypoint, essentially. Let's, for lack of a better term, um, that's where they were sensed. When Thrawn and Vader came, they quickly moved them off Batu and uh, ran away. Uh, to uh, Thrawn thinks they ran away to Mokiv. Uh, meanwhile, the Grisks were. A, a, an initial ship of them were captured above Batu. A second ship of them were captured back in the hyperspace lane that they had originally blocked through some clever science that we don't need to get into. Uh, that was also confusing, so, but <laughs> I mean, we well, I can go into it. No, no, no I I get that. it. I think I get it. I'm just like when I was reading it, I was like, this is making my brain hurt. I don't know enough about Star Wars space physics for this. Fair. Honest, it's fair. Honestly, it's all fakes. It's all fake science. Yeah, it's really well, fake. Well, yeah, so. um, I know that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so the Grisks were captured, um, and as part of that, they uh, Thrawn is trying to discover more about them, and it is clear that Thrawn has theories about these Force sensitives that the Grisks have and why they have them that he is not telling Vader yet, and Vader is frustrated by that. So where we're at right now is they're going back to Mokiv. They have dealt with many of the grisks including a uh attempted prison break that they kind of orchestrated yeah an attempted orchestrated prison break that went wrong uh lol just stormtroopers finally doing one thing correctly but but the wrong time (laughs) but the wrong time i love it um and so now basically we're going to mokiv to figure out if thrawn is right and figure out once for all what's going on yep okay that was helpful thank you dad you're welcome. So I think part of the reason why people get frustrated with Thrawn and also possibly with this book, because I know that I think I think most people like this book, but I think there were there was a pretty vocal subset of people who did not. Um, and we'll talk more next episode about why that frustrates me. But for this episode, focusing on writing style, I think that what 
like what you were saying, Chris, about you're not really sure what you're already supposed to know and what has yet to be revealed um, kind of mirrors how Theron's brain works. Because if you, as you read, you know, you, you kind of see him um, working through his process of deduction, but he doesn't know, like, he, he has to, like, go through all of these details before he can come to a solid conclusion. So he doesn't like just blurting out theories or anything like that. Like, I feel like the average bear... <laughs> Would be like, I wonder if this is happening, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's this. And you actually see that in Padme when she's, like, in the factory, and she's like, I wonder if they're making this here, or, or you know, I wonder if it's just a, a mining operation, or I wonder if it's this. Thrawn doesn't do that. Yeah. He, you, like, you never hear what he thinks things are until he has, he has, he has suspicions, and then he collects information, and he'll tell you about the information. And then, once he goes through all the data points, he will tell you what he thinks. And so... The writing itself kind of does that with the story itself. It just, it tells you a bunch of things, but doesn't necessarily connect it and weave it into what you would think is a, you know, a conclusion you can follow until it gets to the point where it, the the story kind of forces itself to reveal what is actually happening. Um, which is, which is a cool trick kind of, because like, you know, you're kind of, the reader too is kind of a disciple of Thrawn's. Like he always, he he like he genuinely enjoys teaching people how to use his deductive reasoning process and leading people through um, thinking in this way. But um, you feel probably just as frustrated as you know Commodore Pharaoh does at the end of the bit that we that we read, where he asks her a question. She's like, "How am I supposed to know the answer to that?" Yeah, and she's like freaking out, and panicking, and you know, I when I was reading. Uh, for today, there's this. There was that bit of the book where Kimmond and his dudes are going through the hyperspace lane in uh, Vader's um, disguise ship, the Dark Hawk. And um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to find the next gravity well, and they suspect. And Chris had to explain this to me, but because they, they suspected that once they were pulled out of hyperspace, that they would they would probably be plundered by Grisk pirates because that's essentially what they are. They're trafficking beings and mm-hmm. other valuable shit i guess yeah. marauders icky. is the term that is used yes. huh i said icky yes very icky um but yeah so that was like happening and you know Thrawn's describing the action everything's happening i'm just like what what are they doing right now and literally i was sitting there asking chris and chris was like i don't really remember and he has to like reread the section and then literally two paragraphs later if i just kept reading Thrawn explains what's going on and i'm mm. like oh Right. <laughs> so it's, you know, every time you read a book, it's kind of like you're taking a leap of faith, right? You're trusting that the author has put together a story that is uh, comprehensible and enjoyable and, you know, that, that you're going to enjoy the ride. And you just kind of have to trust that. Um, and this is maybe a bigger leap of faith for some readers than for others, especially if you don't really read mysteries, I feel like. Or if you are not a chiss and you like you know pun differating or whatever the fuck on <laughs> on um you know theories as you go along Theron doesn't do that because his mind as vader and Anakin can always say very orderly yeah very neat <laughs> yeah i have a couple things on this so one i feel like it's interesting because and i was actually talking about this in the uh Tashi Station Patreon Slack channel, where if you uh, become a patron, a, a Patreon patron for the Tashi Station Radio Network at the one dollar level, you get access to a uh, group Slack channel, which is 
really fun, and you should all become patrons. And there are corgi pictures. Um, and there's corgi pictures. It's great. Yes. Um, but we were talking about that because I recently finished reading the old Thrawn trilogy, uh, the original trilogy, which I think for all intents and purposes is kind of credited with kicking off the EU in a big way. Um, it wasn't the first EU book, but it was kind of what put it on the map. Um, and I... What what I said in the Slack was, I love. Was like, you wanted to get roasted, is what you said. Yeah, it right. Was January second, he says, and he goes in the Slack, and he's like, I don't love the original. No, no, no. That's not what I said. What I said was, okay. I I love Thrawn in the new canon. I love his character. I did not like his character in the original Thrawn trilogy. You wanted to get roasted on January second of twenty nineteen. Right, but. But, like, that was, I did not like his character. And one thing no, that, about point. Just me... <laughs> that Brian Larson, uh, who is our podfather, uh, founder of the Tosh Station Radio uh, Network, um, pointed out, is that those books are not from Thrawn's point of view. Like, at no point are those books from Thrawn's point of view. They're from uh, Captain Pellion's uh, point of view, who is kind of the Eli of that series they're from other people's point of view but they're from thrawn's underlings so you never get to see inside thrawn's brain so it's very much like kate was saying it's kind of that annoying like you don't get to go through how he gets there you just see him figuring things out and like you just are along for the ride whether you like it or not oh that would be that would be so frustrating. i haven't read them so that, if I, that that would be so frustrating for me yeah and that's and that's why i didn't like him and like mm. and and it's interesting because like you can tell that people in the Empire don't necessarily like him for that same reason. And so it's an interesting reading experience. Right. I mean, we see the same thing in in the new series of books, but because we get, we, like, it's, it is really helpful to have those, like, bits from Thrawn's point of view where in italics you see him, like, this is how my brain works. So then you can. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then also comparing it to the first Thrawn novel of the new canon, um, it's interesting because I feel like this book does a better job of doing that more, spelling out that more deductive reasoning of how Thrawn is doing it. Because I remember one thing that we had some issues with when we read Thrawn uh, last year at some point was that there was, A, there were some things that didn't always make sense, that like just didn't always make sense to us. Like it had to be like very spelled out for us for us to get it. And two, it didn't feel like there was a huge difference, at least to me, between like the Thrawn arc and the price arc where like she was figuring out things in the same way and it was just kind of weird um like thinking back to the higher higher skies conspiracy that always kind of bugged me um it's almost like tim zahn like other artists is growing as a writer as he continues to do his craft how dare yeah, you absolutely and that's that i think is a slightly <laughs> different conversation but i agree with it yeah. um um but which is all to say that like it is an interesting way to read this book because i think as you said a lot of people liked it some people didn't in my experience of the people who i've talked to people who didn't like it are universally people who don't like thrawn as a character mm -hmm. um which is mm -hmm. you know you can like or dislike any character you want but if you don't like thrawn as a character then you then like this sherlock holmes aspect of reading this book is going to annoy the shit out of you because it's just him figuring things out like, if you like his character or are ambivalent on his character, then you can get much more into the story and go along for the ride. Um, but it's such a unique way of writing that is so true to this specific character that 
it does, uh, it gets a little confusing sometimes because Thrawn is confusing to humans. That's just how it is. Right, totally. Right, he's supposed um, to be. Um, exactly. And just to step back for two seconds to um, the, what are, what do we call it? The le- extended universe? Mm-hmm. Legends, That's yeah. le- legend. Okay, I don't know which one's correct. Sorry. Um, it's nah, legends. There, it's it is technically legends. I referred oh. to it as the EU there because. I was okay, wrong. <laughs> legends. It's legends. Um, the Thrawn legends stuff that I haven't read. Um, I mean, just as like an outside person who really is someone who obviously loves for Thrawn's character, um, and mm-hmm. has always been a Thrawn stan. I mean, if I had the choice between knowing. And seeing inside of his brain and watching him work through things and not, I would choose seeing him work through things. Because that's, I think, one of the most interesting parts of him as a character, like, in the novels as well as, like, in Rebels. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, I really... Not to defend Chris, but... <laughs> I know. How, how dare you, Kristen? Um, no, I looking back at how Thrawn was originally written and now looking at how he is in the new canon... I really appreciate what they did with him in Rebels and making him much more accessible. And I feel like that's the, it's almost the benefit of having a moron like Constantine under him <laughs> in Rebels because he had to explain everything. Right, right. I mean, which like, it's kind of what he was for better about. or worse, as the viewer, we're Constantine. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the other thing that this book does that um, I kind of, that, that I like, a, that I like about it is that um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit here, but, uh, Good thing is, Kate, it's our podcast. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So, so I can. Um, so, uh, one of the things that is like very explicitly pointed out that's like not really done in the first book, which kind of makes sense too, because it's Thrawn kind of rising through the ranks and becoming who he is. Yeah. But, um, one of the things is that um, in one of the later sections in the 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 bit that we read for this week, um, Kimmon, who um is you know the commander of uh, this unit of the First Legion that has accompanied Vader on this mission. Uh, he, when he initially steps into the Chimera, he thinks Thrawn is, you know, he thinks he thinks Thrawn is annoying. He thinks he's pedantic. Like he, he's he kind of. It's kind of similar to how Vader sees him, in that he just kind of assumes the worst of him and assumes that you know he he thinks he's smarter than everybody and he thinks he's better than everybody. But what he comes to under, understand as he continues to work with Thrawn and his crew is that they respect the shit out of him and they're really loyal to him because he's loyal to them. Like, you know, they're, I think, you know, seeing things from Thrawn's point of view and then also probably just getting a wide array of reactions to him as we do in the two um, new canon Thrawn books, I think just makes his character so much more three-dimensional you know he's not just like i like puzzles like he's like he, <laughs> you know he like he he care no he like he like he cares about his people and it's like he doesn't look down on them or anything like that like i think people are like stuck on this idea that thrawn is like perfect and he thinks he's perfect or he knows he's perfect or whatever it is and that's just not supported by the text it's not supported by anything that's it is supported by legends Right. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Interesting. But that's not. But yes, I agree with you. What's happening? That's not. That is not current Thrawn. You're right. That is not what's happening. So, that's, I don't know. That's, like that's interesting. Like I think maybe like I I I you know again I haven't read uh the original Thrawn books so you know without having that in the back of my head I'm frustrated by people yeah. 
reacting that way, but maybe I wouldn't be if I had, but it, it does drive me bonkers. Yeah, that's fair. Just like as a person who reads books and has been taught to pull books apart, I'm just like, where's the evidence for you hating this man on this, on this basis? Yeah. It makes me so angry. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, it's snowing. I also. How did it start? Oh, hey, snow. Um, I also think that there's like another shade of that, Kate, which is like when we hear what's the lead guy on vader's stormtrooper boys commander kimmond commander kimmond um when we hear kimmond like (laughs) um reflecting on thrawn and like what kind of a leader he is and you know when he finally comes around it's like we as readers and as consumers of star wars are like wow this makes thrawn like very much a good leader like objectively Mm-hmm. Right. This is these are not um, these are not characteristics uh, that we're used to seeing in, uh, you know, people higher up in the empire. We're used right. to, you know, them being backstabbing and blah, 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 and not listening to their subordinates. And if you're Vader, just k- killing everybody for <laughs> reasons and things. Um, but or, not <laughs> or, you know, for ju- for thing for any any th- any real thing anything um but i mean when when you hear him when you hear kim describe um like thrawn's leadership style and he's like you know the fucking navy would do well to adopt some of this it seems to be working Mm -hmm. really well um i mean it's just like you especially as like like whatever i work in hr so i actually like think a lot about leadership and leading organizations and things like that i was like yeah he's like literally doing everything that he's supposed to do as a leader and that's just oh in weird discord with yeah but he is part of the empire (laughs) yeah so i think that's like a new kind of thing in star wars that i mean i feel like this is kind of the first time we've seen that which i think is also something that fucks with people's heads when they're thinking about Thrawn. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um and it's interesting to, you know, compare Thrawn to some of the leaders that we see, the the imperial leadership that's left over in aftermath, right? Like the completely different. Um Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the exception of Sloane, who actually does inspire loyalty because she's actually a competent human being, everybody else hot mess express. Which is why, let's hope that Ron and Sloan meet up at some point. Arr, that would make my life. Um, there's no reason it can't happen. Um, yes, all of this is true. I think we're going to have a lot more to talk about this as we continue the book. Yeah. So I think we can, let's, we can talk a little bit more about plot for now. Yeah. Um, but like next episode and particularly in our wrap up, I think these are going to be very extensive questions. Yeah. And I think a lot of these questions are going to extend to treason that comes out this July. Probably, yeah. And like, I mean, leadership leadership styles is a thing that I, I do want to talk about. So Keeks, uh, get ready for next episode. <laughs> I mean, speaking excited. of leadership styles, the, the whole premise of treason is Thrawn versus Krennic. And like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I can already imagine what a shit show that's going to be. Oh, I'm excited. Alright, anyway, so I'll start this next point just because it's, again, like somewhat explanatory. Um, This book is really interesting to me as somebody who like has long said, like, I want to see what else is out there. And I I, like, I want to see the wider universe, the wider universe, but not the expanded universe. Um, I hate you. uh, 
because we get our first real look into the unknown regions. Yeah, they um, glob, finally. Yeah, like, basically all, all the casual Star Wars fan, to use a maligned term, knows about the unknown regions is that Snoke is from there. <laughs> and... If pooped, they've been paying pooped, attention. Snoke pooped here. Snoke pooped in the Unknown Regions. Very likely. Very likely. I mean, we haven't seen it in canon, but very likely. <laughs> um, and if they've, you know, been reading some of the other side material, they know that the First Order, like, hid and developed there. That's that's pretty much all we know about the Unknown Regions. Um, and we learn more here. You know, we learn that first there's these two other races of aliens that are not... Uh, Native to the Empire part of the galaxy in the Darshi and the Grisks. Uh, and two, we know that the Force exists there. Because we have these Force-sensitive beings and... A, like the Grisks and the Darshi know about them in some way, shape, or form. And to, B, Thrawn knows about them. And it's, I don't know, that's just interesting to me to see these new actors in a way that we haven't seen them before. Particularly, the Grisks are like the main point here but the darshi are really interesting too because they're like they're very much supporting cast yeah i think part of it is like why i was so confused is we're very much focused on these beings and types of beings that i've never heard of and i'm like i i don't know what to i don't know what to do they're not and and like it's unknown beings that are fitting into like an unknown world in from mm-hmm. like a star wars perspective so i'm like i feel very not rooted <laughs> someone help me understand what's happening <laughs> yeah. i mean vader feels the same way though yeah He's i was gonna like, say that i think is who, who intentional who who or what is this fucking shit so yeah no i who is this klingon looking motherfucker right <laughs> nice but yeah no mixing fandoms do it chris don't, don't do apologize no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Speaking of no, let's talk about Padme. <laughs> right. I guess we'll have more to talk about the Force. Yeah, I don't. I There's mean, more to talk about the Force, but I think it's gonna have to. Wait I mean, the I, next episode. I don't know what the. Yeah, I don't know what to say besides the fact that I get once again, Force sensitive beings are being human trafficked because bad Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah. Indeed. And human trafficking is bad. It was actually um. Well, we don't know if they're humans, but... I was going to say, actually, we actually uh, don't know if they're humans, right? They're being being trafficked. Yes. But it was it was legitimately um, Human Trafficking Awareness Day, like, this past week. So. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, shit's bad. Shit, shit is bad. Read up on that crap. Slavery still exists. It is very, very bad. <sighs> I know. On that note. Yeah. We shall... Uplifting, as always. Our side always. notes Let and book wars, Bob. <laughs> Yes. Am I starting this next one? Uh, I can start this next one. Okay. I, <laughs> I was. I was. Who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Nailed it. It's very hard to understand you with all the apparatus. I actually. So I actually went to the orthodontist on Friday, and they rescanned my teeth um, to check progress, and they have to probably going to have to make me a whole new set, a second set of trays. Things they don't tell you when you start Invisalign. You, there's more than one set of trays that you have to go through, probably. Anyway, so while I'm re- waiting for them to, like, look at the scan, my fucking teeth scans, and then probably make me more trays, um, I'm just kind of hanging out, uh, because that could take up to three weeks, so I have nothing in my mouth right now. I have no trays. I have Woo! no I can say Death Star without lisping, and I'm really excited. So, 
Yay. It's too bad we're not rooting Catalyst right now. Yeah, I know, right? Death uh, was Death, me the entire huh? time. Yep. Yeah, no, it was terrible. Not not to make fun of people with like actual lisps, but like it was No, this has been a running bit on our podcast. This is like we've noted this before. No, it's just frustrating. Anyway, Padme. So Padme. um Yeah, so Padme is um off alone using her own uh you know her her own skills to uh stake out this weird factory shit going on on how are you saying Mo- uh, it's Mokiv. we just ignore the j yes the j is silent how do you know this uh tom at darth and turnus actually said it in the tasha station radio patreon slack oh when this he? book came out uh, thank you that's i think he, I mean, he might have said it on twitter but i think it was the i think it was the slack thanks. see more reasons for you to join thanks tom you're so helpful thanks, I hate, tom i hate i like i hate pronouncing things wrong because when i was growing up I had a bunch of, like, I, I, I grew up with a, in New York, obviously, with a bunch of people who didn't have, like, you know, whitey, white, white bread names. And so the, all the white people teachers would just, like, pronounce their names wrong. And I'm like, it's not that fucking hard. I'm sorry, it's Kyle? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 but anyway, it drives me crazy. So I, just, I hate pronouncing the names of things wrong. It's just like, I mean, I should, I should, I should be mad about that. It's disrespectful. But yes. anyway, what? I will also say it's just funny because, like, Tim Zahn has a history and reputation in his Legends books of just, like, inserting random letters in, in, into words. And it's just like, how the fuck do I say this? That's so funny. And so, like, I remember when this book came out, like, because the original Thrawn novel in the the, the, the first canon Thrawn novel, uh, everything is fairly uh, phonetic, I would <laughs> say. Um, and then I remember in this one, like, a few days after it came out, I think it was 1138, just like posts a screenshot of Mokiv and he's like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's very good trolling. 10 out of 10. Right. That's amazing. Anywho. Uh, so Padme is on Mokiv trying to stake out this factory and using your own skills. And Keeks, I know you wanted to talk about Padme being peak Padme. So I'm gonna let you take that away. Thank you. Um, so she's like, I don't remember why she's crash landing, but she's kind of crash landing. Some shit got fucked up on the ship. Um, because she crash landing factory. Sure. Um, things and stuff. <laughs> uh, so she's like, okay, what can I do to not get fucked up by all of these vulture droids? Is that correct? Right? Great. Um, vulture droids. My bad. Great. Viper droids are just because I know where you're getting that. They're the they're drones the from that... Solo. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was between. I've been picturing vulture droids like viper droids, so that sounds wrong, but I'll look them Whatever. up later. Um, bad, bad flying robots. Bad, bad flying clankers. Um, yes. Because we're in that era, so I can say that. Um, so somehow what she lands on is... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take an escape pod... <laughs> And I'm going to use the the thrusters just a tiny bit so that no one really notices me. And I'm going to land it right in the water. And then I'm going to open it so that I sink. But, like, not to kill myself, but, like, to (laughs) float, but be neutral buoyant. Okay? Great. (laughs) Like, um, why is that your plan? I understand that you uh, are married to someone who has bad plans, but, like... D- uh, d- did he make that up? Did he plant that in your... I mean, it worked, but, like... Also, not a great plan. I mean, to be fair, 
if you re rewatch uh, Phantom Menace recently, Padme doesn't have great plans. <laughs> she just doesn't. And like, granted, in that movie, she's fourteen years old, so you know, planning is not great with her, and that's understandable. But you know, we've got we've also got the beginning of Attack of the Clones, where. Uh, you know, she is inviting the creepy poison billipedes into her bedroom, basically, so she can figure out who the fuck is trying to kill her by almost getting killed. Not great plans. Oh, it's Not interesting. Great. I'm totally going to disagree with you, too. Okay. I... Great. I love it because she is just so the opposite of Anakin in this way. Because, like, if Anakin was in that escape pod... He would have, like, sliced through the window while he was still in atmosphere. Okay, yeah, that's like, fair. That's fair. Uh, like, like he would have, like, he would have, like, tried to force jump onto a vulture droid and, like, ride it around the planet. No, <laughs> no, you're true. Uh, Padme's about, uh, Padme's about uh, flying under the radar, whereas Anakin just breaks the radar. Exactly. No, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly that's, right. Yeah. Because, like, her, because her plan is to do as little as possible and to lay low and to think and figure things out. Whereas Anakin is always, and we see this in the movie, and we see this a lot in this book, Anakin is always, I'm going to go scout out and see what I can find. Whereas, like, Padme is like, I'm going to wait and see what comes to me. And, like, then we're going to, like, think about this and figure it out. It's true, no. Padme's, like, kind of, like, passively active, whereas um, Anakin is actively Leroy Jenkins. Yep. That's... <laughs> God, fucking Anakin. Leroy Jenkins isn't a style, Anakin. <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry, like, I had some tweets about this this week in that <laughs> I love and hate Anakin. I, lo I I love this book because Anakin is my favorite character and this book is just so perfectly Anakin. But just, god damn it. Chapter 10, y'all. Jesus lord. Anyway, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> um, No, I mean, fair, but I still feel like it's a very, like, it's, it's just like a fucking harebrained scheme. I feel like she's like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to live in this thing that's half full of water for a while and hope everything's <laughs> fine. Um, but I, well, obviously I know that Anakin would not have taken the quiet approach because he doesn't know what that is. Um, have we, has he ever actually used the element of surprise successfully? Um, Ooh, what a great question. <laughs> Cause we see him try to, to do that. Yeah, definitely. A lot in the Clone Wars cartoon. <laughs> yeah, like, he always tries, but it doesn't work. Like, he, he, in like... the movies, definitely not. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> um... He always tries, but then he, like, gets inside. So he, like, gets past stage one and he's like, fuck it, lightsaber on. We're doing it live. Yeah. Like, the, what I'm, the only thing I can really think of is when they're trying to break into the Citadel mm. in that arc. And they, like, use freezing themselves in, as, in carbonite as, like, the way to get oh, yeah. onto the Citadel to, like, yeah. avoid Except for, like, he literally has no choice but to be passive in that <laughs> situation. Yeah, it's like it's like he got through step one and then he, like, very, very quickly, like, outed himself and had to fight his way out. <sighs> he is, he is... I, I think you're right, Geeks. I, I don't think he has ever successfully completed a stealth mission. This just means I need to watch Clone Wars again. I want to do that right? anyway, but I say that every day. Mm -hmm. Stealth is not his strong suit. Mm -mm. Well, somebody gave him a lightsaber, so. That's it's true. I mean, so I said true. I said on Twitter this week, uh, somewhere in the galaxy, Obi-Wan has a migraine and he doesn't know why. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> Where's the lie, though? Oh, God. Uh, yes. But we do see Padme having plenty of agency. Um, finally, somebody has given her agency in the um in the section of the book. So, um I think Thrawn really drew I feel like his inspiration for his characterization of Padme from her like hopping into a ship to go to Geonosis to like save Obi-Wan and then like just like getting herself out of her like chains like in the arena on Geonosis and just like figuring it out herself instead of waiting for the Jedi to like I don't know, rescue her. Like she's definitely not a damsel in distress in that movie in that movie, which is what makes Revenge of the Sith so fucking disappointing. Yeah. Um, but we uh, like those those are the like the same skills that she's using here. Like she's like she's like, all right, here are all the different ways that I could escape if I want if I wanted to. Um, here are all the different ways that I can talk myself out of the situation if I wanted to. Like she those those are her skills. Like she 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 has ten different plans for everything. She She's a people person, and she knows how to use that to her advantage. And she's just really fucking smart. She's such a good spy. Yeah. This is part of the reason I'm so excited. So, um, for those listening to this, the first arcs of Queen Shadow by E.K. Johnston went out this week. And so we're starting and to And by get... arcs, we mean advanced reader copies. Yes, thank you. Uh, advanced reader copies. Uh, and so we're getting our first reaction, not full reviews, but reactions of about that book, which comes out in about a month and a half. And they have been extremely positive so far and so i'm hoping we get more of this but like she's a spy and i love it because like even in this like there are parts of this book where she is just waiting around but like she's not waiting around to be rescued she's waiting around because waiting around is the right move right and like she is planning she's like examining her surroundings like we see her like make her way into the factory and then like wait around and then she sees the lightsaber and she's like all right it's go time she sees the lightsaber and she's like, there is only one dumb motherfucker who could have pulled this off, and that's my husband. <laughs> yep. I mean, she did recognize his style. Oh my fucking god, I know. God. <sighs> um, These two dummies I... deserve each other. Also, so Chris, I know you mentioned last time that you really, really wanted to talk about how Padme is 100 double underline percent Leia's mom in this book, and so I'm gonna let you wax poetic about that. Yeah, we haven't gotten a lot of that so far. Yeah. Because, like, you know, we've talked many times about how Leia is Anakin's daughter. Yes. Like, which... Oh, still accurate. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> like, you know who else would do a random-ass, like, shitty plane like this? Leia would, but and, and it would work out. Um, no, have you... No, 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 no. Have you met Luke? I mean... Yo. Yeah, Luke would do it without thinking it through. That's true. <laughs> Hashtag useless twig, um, sorry. <laughs> um but we see the leia in padme or rather we see the padme like that will create leia in this book because you have this like her like extremely qualified and even though leia is more hot-headed because she has that anakin that skywalker blood in her like she thinks things through and she plots and plans from every angle and that is not something that she gets from anakin uh, no, definitely not. She she using her brain. Yes, unlike yes. Luke Skywalker walking into Jabba's palace, being like, "Here's some droids. I guess I'll go to prison now." <laughs> yeah, honestly, KK. Luke is, and this this is not relevant to this book, but like 
Really, the only thing that Luke got from Anakin is his gender and his lightsaber. And other than that, he is Padme's soft baby. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, also his, like, a little bit of his anger. Yeah. But, like, Leia is very much the product of her parents. Well, no, Luke, Luke also gets, like, Anakin's, like, desire to do anything for people he loves at all costs until he learns better. That's true. He does, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah. He, and he kind of... he and, and to a certain extent, he gets his Leroy Jenkins, too. And to a, to a certain extent, have you seen the two finger salute? And and also hiding his lightsaber inside of R two D two. Yes, yes, he did get that. I did. That, that is a family <laughs> runs family in the family. I sure giggled at that, but yeah, no, 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 no. They're like they lean. They uh, no, the space twins lean a little bit more one way than the other. But no, they are they are definitely their parents' children. One hundred percent. But yeah, and like, we don't see Leia in an espionage role as much. I think just because she's such a recognizable figure, it's hard for her to yeah. be a spy. She And she has been from like day one. Like, yeah, exactly. Because of who Bale is. Exactly. And and just because of who she, like, you know, who she is in pop culture, too. Like, sure. We, we every everybody in the quote-unquote real world knows who Princess Leia is. And so it makes sense in that everybody... Quote, Unquote real world. And we so, are living in the Matrix and... <laughs> blah, mean, blah, blah. It's... I say again, somewhere on Earth too, things are going great. Uh, nice. Uh, um, but, like, so it makes sense that everybody in the galaxy far, far away would too. Mm-hmm. Like, she is one of those characters that just everybody fucking knows. For sure. Um, but, like, we... So we don't see her do espionage, but, like, her combat plans are very much like Padme's espionage. Like, with Padme, like thinking through like this is what i can do myself this is what i'm going to wait for let's like it's planned out let's do this whereas leia is like all right like i am going to like i'm struggling to think of a good example but like she's she has that leadership aspect and that planning aspect to her right i mean i'll 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 say i'll say this about the space winds they made leia general luke was a commander Mm -hmm. so that's all i'm gonna say about that Absolutely. Uh, speaking of um, Leroy Jenkins, do I want to talk about Anakin some more? Oh, do I? Oh, I want, I've been I've been waiting for this since this book fucking came out. I've been waiting for this conversation. Christ in heaven, yes. The moral of this book, and there's more in the next section, but the moral of this book is that Anakin Skywalker's insecurity is undefeated. Oh God, is is it no. ever? He is just so so Anakin because like. Even even when he's Vader, the biggest feeling that you get from him is that he thinks Thrawn is being condescending and he feels the need to assert his authority and show that he figured out Thrawn's little scheme and like be like, like there's, he's even like, oh, I remember he used to think the Jedi was stupid too. I'll show him. Like, I mean, like a lot of characters find Thrawn condescending, but he just, he takes it to a, to the nth degree. Because he is Anakin. Because he's Anakin. Like, and he just, like, feels, he's he's caught between a rock and a hard place because he feels the need to assert his dominance because that is how he has always dealt with his insecurity for his whole life. Yep. It's, like, he, he wanted to become the best Jedi because he felt inferior because he started training too late. He wanted to, like, he fell to the dark side because he wanted more power. Like, that is, 
being in charge has always been how Anakin handled problems. And, like, he wants to do that here, but he also can't because he can't... Are you putting handled in quotes? What do you mean? Because I don't really think he ever really handled problems. No, it's... How he addressed problems. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a better term, yes. How he addressed You're problems. You're so right, Geeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> since yeah. when was he ever handling problems? He that's just gets very true. upset and force jokes people. I yeah. know. Well, speaking of joking people, here's... Here's my question for you, Chris, as, the, as our resident Anakin expert. Anakin. Person, you dress up as Anakin, so. Like, Stanakin, Stanakin, if you will. Yo. Fuck. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. Okay, I'm going to move past it. I'm going to move past it. Otherwise, I'll be sitting here, like, screaming into a bag for half an hour. Uh, but, so... Anakin constantly thinks these things with Ron. He, you know, he thinks that, you know, besides his, like, quote-unquote personal problems with him, like, he thinks that Thrawn is not necessarily loyal to the Empire or loyal to the Emperor. And, of course, um, Anakin as Vader, like, will blindly do anything the Emperor tells him. Like, super obedient, like, unquestioning, unfailing, and everything. So why doesn't he just choke Thrawn out? That's a great, great question. And it gets back at the heart of that insecurity, and more than that, at the fear that Anakin has had for his entire life. Okay. Because Anakin is on this mission under direct orders from Palpatine. From Daddy. From 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 Daddy Palps. Yep, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, that is why he's on this mission. And usually, when he's on a mission, it's just like he's a weapon. Like it is kill something or hunt this Jedi or yeah. fuck something up, like destroy this planet, whatever. Right. Because that's what he's like. I, it's, that is what he's good at. Right. And it's kind of like what I said last episode, like Vader is just pure anger and you point him at something, you tell him to kill it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But that's not the mission this time. Mm-hmm. And so Anakin, as much as he wants to assert himself, he is not in his element in this book. That's absolutely true. And yeah, I, I was going to like, one of the things I think like non secretors, I like, I wanted to like point out is that, he, Vader in this book talks so much more than he ever has in any other medium I've ever seen him in. He's, he talks a lot. He never talks. I mean, Anakin talked when he was nervous, too. He's got so some weird. Han Solo in him like that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but he's, and so like I was saying, he's caught between this rock and this hard place because he's very uncomfortable. And he's, like, he has this fear of messing up, I think, internally. This is, this is how I'm reading into it. And I'll, if readers disagree, I would please let us know because I want to talk more about it. Um, but I think he has this fear that he is that he doesn't know what he's doing. And that is, like, making him afraid. But his devotion to the Emperor is absolute. And we see that time and again in this because I think the only reason he is not choking Thrawn out is because he says, like, the Emperor still finds him useful. That's never stopped him from killing anyone before. He killed Admiral Ozzel. Admiral Ozzel was the head of the fleet in Empire Strikes Back. And <laughs> one would think that the Emperor had use for him. Didn't matter. He got force choked out. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just thinking about... I like the bit where Kim is like, he's like the fourth commander that this unit has had in two years. And I'm just thinking about him <laughs> in Empire, just one guy after another. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. It's, it's, it's not a job that you want. Right. To be perfectly honest, right. to be Vader's underling. Right. Um, but so he is caught between this rock and this hard place because he needs to succeed 
and is afraid that he won't succeed, but he also needs to listen to Palpatine, and Palpatine is telling him to work with Thrawn. And he's so afraid of and devoted to Palpatine that he can't reconcile the two in his head. And so that's why he's, like, kind of frozen by indecision and, like, can't kill Thrawn. Anakin frozen by indecision? I know. What? Shocking. Um, to that point, why do you both think he is so afraid that Thrawn knows who he is? Because nobody fucking knows who he is except for the music box thing later <laughs> yes i mean i mean yes because because nobody like, knows but like why do you think it's such a big deal because he wants to be dead he wants anakin to be dead and as long as people remember who that anakin existed anakin stays alive like that's why he wanted to kill ahsoka so bad in rebels because like he thinks first of all she she knows deeply who he is and he feels like she betrayed Anakin to make him into what he is now so yeah I totally agree with that I think this book is one of the best examples that we have in the canon outside of the Marvel comics which it's unfortunate because they do an absolutely fantastic job with Vader and we're not reading them because Marvel is a garbage company Um, for more use Google yeah (laughs) Um, but this is the best example that we have of Vader's mindset during his, his peak period. Like, I think it's fair to say he is at the height of his powers at this point. Like, this is two years before the Battle of Yavin. This is about to be Rogue One stuff happening, you know, again, like about two years. Yeah. Two years before Rogue One. So it's 17 years after Mustafar. He, and he's like, it has, he is. Knows what he's doing. He yeah. has led invasions. He has conquered planets. He's powerful. He's not. Conf- he's not. You know, as conflicted as he becomes when he finds out that Luke exists. Yeah, like, like he is as powerful and clear-headed as he ever is. I think it's fair to say, and yet he is still, after all this time, struggling with the memory of being Anakin. Like talking about, he can't even say Anakin's name, the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like and we talked about that last episode. We did. Anakin Skywalker is dead. Mm-hmm. Like. He just can't over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. literally, Thrawn's just like, so Anakin, Anakin's dead. Okay, but dead, dead, dead. He's dead. And he was definitely not fucking Padme. Yep. <laughs> and yep. he's not, and he, I don't, I don't know him intimately. He, we are not the same. Yeah. I don't know her. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, and he's like, he's so afraid of admitting to himself because it is this big secret. And I think he justifies it to himself with, it's a secret to the emperor and i that's also kind of something i want to talk about a little later in maybe on the wrap up like why 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 is it a secret that he's anakin because the emperor could have just told people um oh yeah um so that's something i want to talk about on the wrap up but like he is afraid of what he's become because like he cannot truly reconcile in his head that that is who he used to be like it's very you are the chosen one yeah it's it's very like I think, I think this is actually a Kylo Ren line, if I'm remembering correctly, from Force Awakens. But he was weak and foolish, and I destroyed him. Yep. Correct. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kristen. <laughs> what? Very appropriate. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so it's just interesting because, like, at the height of his power, like, because Vader, like, is painted as this monolith in popular culture, right? He is the height of evil. He's confidence. He will calmly and collectedly sit at a dinner table and wait for Han Solo to open a fucking door. 
just so he can God. torture him. And isn't that peak Skywalker atrocity? I mean, yes. But, like, They're he's so not. Extra. He's, like, I know. at the height of his power and of serving the Emperor for this long and having everything that he thought he wanted, he is still, like, raging and full of turmoil. Like, he is afraid to actually, like, trust his feelings. I mean, you're saying he's he's got everything he's ever wanted. No, he doesn't. Well, he, yeah. He doesn't have Padme. Yeah. So she dead. She she's super dead because he did it. Because that's a whole other thing we can talk about. But anyway, I mean, how much of that honestly like keeps him stuck in the past that he never, you know, like all the things he wanted then are not the things he has now. Honestly. Yeah, and I think that's why he can't look back. I think that's why he has to make this clean mental break between himself and Anakin. Right. Because like, I mean, like. Perfectly honest. If it were me, and this is this is what happened to me, I would just jump off a roof. Like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> what? And Nothing this is why, just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, and this is why. To I'll talk about the Marvel comics only. The first volume of the original Vader comic, only because we already covered it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have this scene where Vader finds out that. The pilot who destroyed the Death Star's name is Skywalker. And so obviously finds out that he has a son. And he is like calm and composed and angrier than he's ever been in his life and about to destroy a fucking Star Destroyer by himself. And he's like, and like, this is the moment where like you see this change start to go from, you know, like this absolutely devoted to the Emperor to like join me and we can rule the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And like, because that is the moment where the dam breaks. Like he's holding back all these feelings and memories of being Anakin and the dam breaks and he has something else to live for besides the emperor. I was going to say like, he, he never thought before this that he would have a chance to go back. Yeah. And now he does. Cause I mean, we've talked about this before. Like all he ever wanted was Padme. Yeah. And you know, he doesn't know about Leia. Like Luke is all he has. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, you see him struggling with that now because he doesn't have that reason. All he has is the Emperor. And it's, like, the dark side. We really, we get a, there's a lot of subtext of, like, more understanding of how the dark side exactly fucks with you. But, like, we see the dark side twisting him and making him afraid and angry and, like, not fully in control of himself, I think it's fair to say. Mm -hmm. Because, like, all he has is this fear and, like, this is how the dark side destroys you, like... He has all the power that the dark side has given him, but he also has, you know, Anakin's insecurity is undefeated because he never dealt with it. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't want to give him more credit than he's due. I mean, I think he, he's, he's as fully in control of himself as he ever has been, but he thinks he's not. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's. I know, I know that just the way you phrase that sounded like he had less agency than he actually does. Oh, to uh, not be a dick. That's fair. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> He sure does. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, Cake, he sucks. Cakes, Cakes, we've been talking a lot this episode. Do you have anything you want to add on, like, literally anything? Um, I know you guys have been talking a lot this episode. I don't know. I, I got all my stuff out. I mean, in the beginning when I made you explain what the book was about to me. Um, but, <laughs> but, I mean, and just to even go back to that a little bit, because yeah. that's pretty much, like, the only thing. I mean, I... I don't have big thoughts and feelings. I don't, I don't think I will bef- until we get to the end of the book. Um, just because that's kind of my how my brain works and processes yeah. things. But, yeah, for sure. Um, 
but I what I what was I gonna say? Oh my god, I had something that I wanted to say. Holy shit, where did it go? I had too many beverages. Um, like coffee. Uh, hold we on. Also I'm too thinking. Many, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, fuck. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Um, like we're reading this for a podcast, right? This is very much a book that uh, if I didn't have to stop at chapter thirteen and I didn't um want to read it that way for the podcast like I usually do I would have just like kept going like I want to know more I want to know what's happening um Mm -hmm. and I think also that's like part of why I don't have a ton like I haven't been thinking deeply about Vader and Thrawn necessarily like as much as you guys have because I'm just like I want to finish the fucking book I want to see what happens and then after that I can think about it but all I can think about right now is how I don't understand what's going on and I want to know the answer and I know it's there because it's a book (laughs) yeah no it's no (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) yeah no it's totally fair and I think I mean that's Tim's on kind of, we, we, we've talked a little, we've talked, um, I don't remember which episode numbers we read the first Thrawn book, but we talked about how Tim's on really likes to play with the genre and how, um, you know, the first book has elements of horror in it. And I think this book does too, um, especially with the creepy cloning chambers and the, what we find out the force disturbances and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but like we keep saying, Thrawn is Sherlock Holmes. These are mysteries. Like we want to solve the mystery. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Um, first Thrawn, episodes 10 through 14. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk more about Vader, but I think that's a good, as good a place as any to end it. I could talk about Vader all day, but I should I mean, stop I know myself. I you can, but almost anybody Literally else. all day. Kate can tell you. Does any, anybody else besides Chris have anything to add? <laughs> no, I think we're good. I'm really excited for the next episode. Me too. Yeah, so our next episode is going to be finishing Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn, reading chapter 14 through to the end of the book. In the meantime, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr, BookWarsPod on all those platforms. Email us at BookWarsPod at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to us and, excuse me, and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Um, When you leave a review for us, particularly uh, on iTunes, we are very soon going to be uh, doing a giveaway of... Uh, for a paperback copy of the original Thrawn novel. So if you're listening to this... The canon one. The not, canon one, not yes. Not the Legends not, not Heir to the Empire. Thrawn by Timothy Zong. Um, we're going to be doing a giveaway of that, so if you have joined late and you never listened to the Thrawn episodes and never really read that one because you just you know met Thrawn through Rebels or whatever, uh, now's your chance. Or if you want to get somebody else into Thrawn and into, into reading Star Wars books, now's your chance. So leave us a review on iTunes and you will be automatically entered to... Uh, win a copy of Thrawn. Um, if it's not abundantly clear who you are from your review, then just DM us and tell us so that we can actually find you. Um, and one fun thing I, I want to add is that Thrawn um, is actually, like reading the Thrawn books is actually a great way to get your um, older kids into um, the Star Wars, um, you know, not movie media. Uh, my, my boss, his son, who is... Um, in, um, a sophomore in high school started reading he started with the original Legends Throng trilogy and now he's reading the, the canon books but he's um, a big Star Wars fan and a big nerd but like he loves Thrawn and like this is a kid who you know he has a learning disability he's not a big reader because of that and like he, he can't stop reading these books so if you're even if you've already read it like if you have like a nephew a niece a kid like a friend's kid who like you think would enjoy this like you should enter like yeah. do it absolutely uh also, if you have the means and are so inclined, uh, we'd love it if you could donate to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon 
as we were talking about uh, earlier on this episode, just a $1 a month patron level gets you access to the Tashi Station Radio uh, Slack, uh, which is a good time all the time. Uh, also, please give to, give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. We are about 60% of the way there to being able to uh, create some pins and swag for Star Wars Celebration Chicago in April. So uh, if you are so inclined, uh, that'll really help us, uh, you know, create some fun stuff for people. Uh, and also when me and Kate get a new uh, rodent child. When we get a new hamster, uh, we'll post pictures of him <laughs> on the gram for everybody who gives us coffee. Uh, thank you for listening. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. Thank you as always for listening to the Book Wars pod. For Kate and Kristen, I'm Chris, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs> eh, because it's Saturday. <sighs> Same. Okay. Uh, um... What do I need to turn down? Not that, not that.